God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. A new era of the league has begun. After three years, we're finally going to have a new champion, and we're here to talk about it. I'm your host, 2018 champion, Andy Elflat. Joined, as always, is your commissioner, our commissioner, your three-time champion, your reigning champion for one more week, Mr. Andrew Seiler. Seiler, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, it's kind of nice, and, you know, you just had to go through a stressful week of fantasy football, but... It was kind of nice to not have to stress out about fantasy football. So to all those people that were not in the semifinals and were not stressing, it was kind of nice, everybody, because it was a shitty week of football, and I'm glad I did not need to watch all of it. So, Well, you say you, say you didn't have to stress, but you know, you've know you been out for the playoffs for a while now, but I would almost – is there almost a correlation in your mind to since you've been removed from the playoffs – the stress has almost doubled in your Viking games that you viewed. I mean, I think you were basically in the playoffs until the last three weeks. And if I think of the last three games they've played, you have the Colts game, you have the game this past week, and I forget the game prior to that, but I believe all of their games have been uh, very, very close. I'd have to look to see the Vikings schedule. Who they play before that? I think the Lions, and they lost that game. Right. So while your fantasy football viewing and – and what's the word I'm looking for? Observance has not been stressful. You have been stressed in other manners with football. Yeah, but it, honestly, it's been like this for the past two to three seasons, or two seasons where every single week comes down to the last play or possession. So at this point, it's stressful, but I'm kind of numb to it. So, um, you know, Brian texts every single week, Brian Gelbert, if you don't like that, you don't like Vikings football because it's the exact same thing that happens every single week. Yeah, it, it that's it's exciting. It's like the it's like a very fun way to watch football, but definitely not a way that I would want to watch football. But yes, we had the semifinals last week. They were quite stressful for me. Scott had the luxury of just apparently just not watching the games. I'm sure the Williams brothers were watching intensely during the one o'clock games. Excited to dive into it. Uh, firstly, just want to say congratulations to both Dana and Scott. Obviously, first time finals appearances for both of them. Uh, trumping two guys who have been to the finals before. A little correction from last week is why it has been to the finals. So big deal. Two, we're, we're automatically getting a new champion. Let's dive into the matchups. Last week, we had Dane against Wyatt in the Williams Bowl. Dane just putting on an absolute smackdown. Minshew with 25, Eckler with 23, CD with 34, T. Higgins with 26, Taysom Hill with a rushing touchdown in the snow. And then, unfortunately, for Wyatt, just duds across the board. I mean, that Buffalo game was in terrible weather. It was a Gabe Davis game, three points. Aaron Jones is a little dinged up in the first quarter. Doesn't play through four points. Josh Jacobs not able to perform. Just bad performances all around. And and there was nothing he could have done from a, from a from a what's the word I'm looking for from a roster standpoint. Yeah, I mean if you add up Wyatt's bench and starting lineup, it did not equal Dane's starting lineup. So there's nothing that Wyatt could have done. It's unfortunate he had a great team, but this week was just. 
if you looked at the over-unders of every single game, it was shocking. I think, I forget what the game was. One of them was like 32. Maybe that was the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland game. But 32 is like the lowest over-under I've ever heard in my life. That's insane. So because of all the cold weather, because of all this, it just negatively impacted Wyatt's team specifically uh, in this matchup. And Dane just killed it in every single aspect. So as I texted to the group, I think this loss will be felt for many years to come. And I don't know that Wyatt will ever recover (laughs) from this (laughs) loss. Yeah, but what's interesting about this is that you would almost think that Wyatt, how many of Wyatt's guys were affected by weather? I guess you had Joe Burrow in New England, Josh Jacobs in Pittsburgh probably had bad weather, Diggs in Chicago had bad weather, Cooks in Tennessee Tennessee had had bad weather. weather. So I guess four of his guys, because Dallas is indoors, Jacksonville had fine weather. You know, so I guess half of his team had bad weather. But if you look at, you know, uh, what's his name, Dane's team. He had the Jets was a bad, a terrible weather game. T. Higgins in a bad weather game. Taysom Hill in a bad weather game. So three of his guys also playing in bad weather. Yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, Minshew, Minshew was really clutch. Dane's MVP the whole season has been Jalen Hurts, and it, that was a big question mark going into this matchup. And I mean, it, it's probable that he starts again next week. So I don't know. It, it was a good showing for Dane, and I think uh, he might, he's probably very encouraged by that as well. So, Yeah, I mean, especially – I mean, his wide receivers just blew up. CeeDee Lamb with an – CeeDee Lamb has been, I think, an un, a, a non-talked-about factor this season. I think people have just kind of looked past him. But the last – what is that, five weeks he's put up – or if you look up the last seven weeks, he's put up 37-7, and seven, which is not great. But then 17-18 – Five nineteen thirty four. I mean, he's been he's been very consistent. He's had one, two, three, four, five games under 10, 11. and then every other game after that has been over eleven. So five of so two thirds of the time he's scoring over ten points. Most of those games over fifteen. So yeah, and the game we went to in Green Bay, he had two touchdowns, I think, and yeah, over hundred yards. He's uh, yeah, he's incredible. So. He's been a huge catalyst for Dane, and I think he goes against Tennessee tomorrow, and their pass D is, as Scott would agree, not very good. So that's not going to be fun. Poop. Yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, so good, good win by Dane. I mean, that that is a that is a stomping if we've ever seen one. He scored over double the amount of points in a champion in a, in a semifinals game. Next up, you had myself against Scott. Scott pulls out the win, one ten to ninety one, and. Probably one of the most stressful play. You know, I've, again, I, so I've been in the semifinals. I looked it up. I've been in the semifinals seven times of the 14 years mm-hmm. of the 12 years. But sorry. The crazy statistic. Six or seven times. So, you know, I've, I've had a lot of games. This was definitely one of the most crazy ones in terms of the combination of the weather and the low scoring games from key players. Uh, Russell Wilson with a horrendous game, six points. You know, last minute he subbed in. He swapped out Deshaun Watson for Russell Wilson. Derrick Henry, you know, 20 points. I think I texted you. I said, that is like, that feels That's like. That's a win. That feels like he had a terrible game. I mean, the last three, four times he's played Houston, he's had over 40 points. So that was a big win. You know, Tyreek Hill gets stopped at the one. 
only 15 points. Marquise Goodman with zero. Ramondre Stevenson with all intents purpose, zero. You know, so two guys with zero points. Kittle then was to the monster game. Uh, you know, so really on the backs of James Conner, big game. He scores a nice touchdown late in that, that Cardinals game. Uh, Derek Henry with a great game. And then George Kittle putting the team on his back, trying to show, you know, why I shouldn't have picked him as Scott's worst pick. Conversely for me, you know, Daniel Jones had a great game against Minnesota. Justin Jefferson had a great game. Uh, Amon Ra had a solid game. And then it was just, I mean, no one else could perform. I mean, Tony Pollard dropped a touchdown pass that I could have caught if, if I was playing that game. That was terrible. Nick Chubb had like one or two. I mean, he, had, he rushed the ball like 40 times, it seemed like. And they just, they just couldn't do anything. And then obviously the, the, creme, the, cre- the cream on top is DeAndre Hopkins, one catch on 10 targets for nine yards. Uh, McSwirly just couldn't do any, or McSorley, sorry. Uh, I want to give him a swirly after his performance. <laughs> just could do absolutely nothing. Uh, and then Gerald Everett also with zero points. You know, I, I was telling, so just a little back, back I, people don't really care about this, but just so you know, Siler. So I was, you know, I, I think I had a pretty strong strategy going into the playoffs about defenses. I was going to play the Chargers defense this week, and then I was going to play the Jaguars defense the following week against Houston. And you know, I, I like to sometimes just, like, probe people. And so I texted Noah, and I said, hey, kind of curious. Like, you've been really good with defenses. Like, what are you thinking defense this week? And he was like, oh, you know, I'd probably go uh, Rams or Broncos. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, And then I, as I was looking at the experts all week, they were like, Broncos are going to kill it. Broncos, definitely go Broncos. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm going to go Broncos. If I hadn't have gone Broncos, I would say, let's say I didn't have that conversation with Noah. I was probably 90% chance going to start Jaguars defense against the Jets in the bad weather just because of the bad game. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a 10% chance of Chargers if maybe I'd see something. If I had played the Jaguars defense, they had 16 points. So my defense got me negative three. So a plus 19 would have put me at 110.76 going into the Monday night game with Gerald Everett needing literally just one catch. So it's almost a silver lining at that point that I didn't play Jaguars defense because between the Monday night game with Hopkins and the Gerald Everett game, I would have just been, I would have been an absolute mess. At least on Monday, I went to sleep knowing I'm not going to win this game. And even after probably the third quarter of the Cardinals game, I was like, maybe there's a chance, but once Connor scored the touchdown, I was like, okay, that's basically it. So I don't know what's worse. The situation I ended up with where I just had to watch the Monday, the, the Sunday night game and kind of knew I lost, or, I mean, I think I texted you and Scott and I said, oh shit, we're in trouble. Both of our quarterbacks ended with 0.06, which means that there's literally a chance that we could tie. So your matchup was wild. I also loved, I was in a group chat with, Gelblad and with Scott and the amount of oh I give up you win you win it was like out of control it was all Scott <laughs> Scott was probably drunk because it was Christmas and that's probably why he wasn't watching the game he's probably drinking I think he was at home and Alex is in so he's just having a good time and then Scott's like oh yeah I'm not even watching and you're probably sitting there like what do you mean you're not even watching? yeah <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy um but yeah at one point, I looked at the scoreboard because I had texted Scott and Miguel Blatt and I, and I showed them this weather post saying 
someone was like, oh, it, no, they're not even going to be able to complete a pass in this Browns game. And Scott was starting to show him Watson. So we saw that. He might have switched that anyway. And then he switched to Russell Wilson. So Gelbot was a little mad at me there. And he's like, if you cost me this, this semifinals, it ended up being a good thing for him. And then I looked at Scott's matchup after the first quarter. Russell Wilson was 0 for 2 for two interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? It was terrible. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm curious your point of view. Would you have rather, I, I mean, how, if I had played the Jaguars defense, I would have been so mad. I would rather, if I were you, I would rather have it ended the way it did than lose that you would have had to watch every snap being like, throw it to Everett, throw it to Everett, throw it to Everett. And it would have just never happened. And you yeah. would have just been miserable. So I think. It sucks to lose. It would have never it happened. But this, yes, this would have. This was the best case scenario in the loss. I was literally getting to the point where I was starting to crunch numbers, and I was like, okay. Before the Hopkins Connor thing, I was like, when, when it was the point six scenario, I was like, something's gonna happen where we tie. And in my head, I'm like, what the hell is the tiebreaker of a tie in the semifinals? And I think it's bench score. Is it? I feel like it would have been either your seed or points for during the regular season. I feel like it, both of those would have favored you. I th- I I I, I want I, I meant to look it up right now. Maybe let me let me look it up as we're. I would guess it's your seeding, settings, scoring. But that is a scoring. good point. Like I mean, the odds of happening are so slim. But roster position, scoring, receiving, miscellaneous. Player rules, acquisition wave, trade limits, keeper rules, regular season setup, playoff brackets, playoff seeding tiebreakers, total points for yeah. What like what would have happened if that would have? I mean, the, the league would have gone in disarray if that happened. Well, the matchup tiebreaker. Oh yeah, because we have no tiebreakers. That seems like a in the regular season. Right, we should we should pro- can, can can we can you add that to the list right now for next year? Or yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that 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 seems like you know we're gonna be doing this league for another fifty years. I can imagine one time there's gonna be a tie. I would get. I mean, you would have probably won on either being the higher seed or more points for like according to the ESPN numbers. But yes, let's add that to the list. Yeah, I because th- I'm pretty sure in in a league I was in once we tied. And the, the default tiebreaker was point bench. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, God. Like, you know, I, I had a pretty weak bench performance. That's not going to work. No. So, but, no, I mean, congrats to Scott. I mean, he had a great game. I mean, it was really – it was three guys. He had Kittle, Connor, Henry, and I only had two. I had Daniel Jones and Justin Jefferson. I needed someone else to step up. No one else could. You know, I played all the right – I mean, obviously, the only thing I should have done was – played my initial game plan which is the chargers that's the only thing that would have won it for me but like i said it was once i heard the weather in the jets game that Zach was starting i was like gonna play them and it would have been a great move i mean they had 16 points but you know it is not enough it. not enough so that was last week so congrats again to scott and dane first times in the finals gonna be an exciting matchup uh let's go to waiver wasteland Siler's waiver, wasteland. We're all wasted. <laughs> Have Not- you seen the waiver yet? I I looked today to see what what was going on. 
So there's not much. Scott really didn't make a lot of moves. It was mainly Dane on waivers, at least. Dane picked up uh, Teddy B. He picked up uh, Dotson. He picked up DJ Chark and Romeo Dobbs, who actually is a good addition, especially because Watson is questionable and might not play against the shitty Vikings pass defense. So, I mean, if I would, Dobbs is a great play, and Scott is really, with Derrick Henry not. Did you, did you, see, did you see the latest move that Dane just made? Uh, yeah, so not waiver-related. He picked up Haskins, who is uh, Derrick Henry's backup, which is a huge blow to Scott. Um, yeah, because... I mean, luckily, luckily Scott has two solid run- You know, Connors and Ramondre Stevenson, obviously that's never going to be Derrick Henry, but two solid running backs to still plug in there. Yeah. Oh, running backs is fine, but it's really his wide receiver two and flex that I don't know. I saw Scott picked up KJ Osborne. Look, I he's good. I would never trust him in a fantasy matchup. He's he had like a hundred and he had his first a hundred yard game ever against the Colts. And like to rely on him in a fantasy finals is not ideal. So hopefully he does not need to play KJ Osborne. Yeah. Yeah, Scott's definitely in a tough spot. You know, as we as we go to the matchups, you know, historically, I have to see. I have to actually just quickly look up league schedule. Let's look up Dane's schedule just quickly. Or why did you want to say first? Uh, these two teams played back in week eight. In a crazy game, Scott pulls out the win 148 to 146. Wow. So this is, I mean, these are two teams, two heavy-hitting teams ready to go at it. Historically, then, Scott is up in this series 10-2, to 2, has really, you know, had Dane's name the last time Dane won. Uh, if I were to look, was... The phenomenal one, Starvin, was uh, back in 2016. That came right. Yeah, back in 2016. Wow. Last time that Dane, that Dane had won. So, uh, actually, no, no, sorry, 2019, 2019. Okay, That's a, that makes more sense. But these, I mean, these are two teams that have close games. When I look at their last three games they've played, Siler, okay, before, the, inclu- actually, last four games have been Dane won... 96 to 94. Okay. Then in 2020, Scott won 88.44 to 87.46. Oh my God. And then in t- last year, Scott won 113 to 91. And then obviously we have a match from this year. So two teams that have had incredibly close games. Even uh, back in 2015, I'm looking, they had a game actually in 2016 too. If I, or I said that one fourteen to one thirty in twenty fifteen week twelve, or week six, sorry, you had Dane lose one hundred eleven point one to Scott's one hundred eleven point six. Wow! So uh, these are two teams. When as I look in their history, very close. They know how each other's play styles are. They know what what to be looking for. You know, we 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 talked with both teams. You know, before this, can you still hear me when I when I change out? Mm-hmm. 
You can hear me right now? Okay. Yep. So we talked, we talked with, we spoke with both teams. When I, we asked Scott what was going on, you know, if he had any comments, all he had to say was, I wish Dane bad luck. When we spoke with Dane, what we heard was, what is there to say? It's less about me versus Scott and more about Scott versus Scott with the Spider-Man poking emoji, you know, or pointing to emoji. He has to not think about his history of past failures and chokes and put together the best team possible to outlast Hertz v. Skins this weekend. Will he have another season to ponder wrong lineup decisions and think about how close he came to a title? I, on the other hand, have nothing to lose since I'm without my MVP quarterback. So for Scott's sake, I wish him luck and hope he doesn't make any wrong calls this weekend from the desk of Dane Massey. You know, I, I think... While Dane has some strong points there about you know, possibly no hurts, there is the possibility that Scott has no Derrick Henry. I would call that a, a pretty even trade in terms of talent value. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, yeah, I think so. I think if we looked at their – I don't know for sure. Actually, I could probably look now. But I would assume that their points for are similar in Hertz and uh, Derrick Henry. Hertz is probably a little bit more, but – Henry has 309 this season and Dan Hertz has uh 412. So oh wow, okay. That is uh that's way more of a difference than I thought. But yeah, I mean Scott has gotten Derrick Henry's been one of his heavy hitters all year and and as a Titans fan, this must really suck that he has to uh miss out on his star player. But I I agree. I think it's a, basically an even Maybe a little more hurtful for Dane, but um, but Dane's replacement is more effective than whatever Scott's you know flex is going to be. So, yeah, that's true. I agree. So you know, so I think as we look at the matchup, when I look at Dane's schedule, though, he's got some juicy matchups. He's got Etienne against Houston. He's got CD against the Titans. I think T. Higgins against Buffalo is a great matchup. And he's also got a lot of guys playing at home. T. Higgins at home, Goddard at home, Minshew playing at home, Eckler playing at home. He's got a lot of, a lot of really strong matchups. I don't know how do you feel about his matchups this week. Yeah. Like, right, guys? They're pretty good. The one thing I worry about is, uh, I guess the two things I worry about, one is ETN playing all the snaps because Jacksonville – like this game doesn't matter that much for them, just like how the Titans are benching Henry. So they might not give ETN full snaps. And then if Dallas, Dallas may kick the absolute shit out of the Titans because the Titans don't care if they win or lose this game. So if they get up too fast, it might hurt CD Lamb's value. But other than those two things, I think Dane has some pretty juicy matchups across the board. Yeah. You know, on the flip side for Scott, he's starting. Still starting to Sean Watson, projected, you know, 15 points. Uh, unfortunately, just for the projections, Derrick Henry's projected at zero right now. So you have to assume that Ramon Stevenson goes in. He probably subs in maybe a Zach Moss, projected to get 12 points. So the projected final scores are going to be very close. I think it's going to be like 115, 112. Uh, but when you look at Scott's matchups, he's he is playing Traylon Burks against Dallas. Uh could potentially be someone who's also benched second, third quarter if they're losing by a lot as he's a key piece going forward in their future. Kittle should be have a good matchup. Andre Stevenson on paper has a nice matchup. He, he's got some potential, but does he have the star power? 
I'm really worried for Scott in this matchup because those replacement players, I mean, Zach Moss is not good. Traylon Burks is going to have Malik Willis who can't even throw. It's really, he needs the same thing that happened against you to happen against Dane where Kittle has a monster performance. Uh, He needs Connor and Stevenson to have monster performances. And if all three of those people, and Tyreek Hill, sorry, if all four of those don't get 20-plus points, he's not going to win this game, in my opinion. Agreed. So, you know, going into the projections, who you got? Um, I I have a bitter taste in my mouth because Dane eliminated Wyatt, and he was my – he was my preseason darling. And I know you're going to pick Dane because he was your preseason darling, but I'm going to go with Scott. It, it, it's fun if we're rooting for different people. So I'm going to say Scott's going to take this one. I mean, look at this. I mean, four, two, four, six. Eight, for eight of the 14 weeks, there's one team I had at the number one spot in the league. He's walked his way to the finals. I've picked him at the preseason to win the whole thing. It's got to be gained by a landslide. I mean, unless something tragic happens to his players, he's got the matchups. He's got the great the great situation with Scott's guys being hurt on by, not on by, but just not playing. I do also want to say, you know, before we even finish, Scott was extremely bitter when we had him on the podcast about the whole quarrels, winning. Oh my god, it, the whole, that whole situation. If that situation happens right now, it's a Dane versus me finals. I'm playing Wyatt this round. I beat Wyatt. If you're Scotty, you might have to, if you win, you might need to throw Corals a couple of bucks because if without them, he's not in the, he's not even in the finals right now. You're going to hate to hear this, but they've already come to an, uh, an agreement. on. Oh my God. Are I love it. Get... I love it. That's so, oh my, the only times you've ever won Sadler is when you don't come to an agreement. Yeah, but it's not a lack of me trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so lame! Ugh. That's so lame. It's a smart move, I think. And Dane was even texting me. He's like, "Scott's definitely getting the better end of this deal because a thousand percent." Just because Dane is pretty close to full strength, and Scott is not. But at the same time, this is fantasy football. Crazy shit happens every but what's single. What's di- like? Like what? What are they splitting? Like, what's the difference? Do you know what the split is? I think it's like. Uh, 10.50 and 600 or something like that. Okay, and what, what do you get if you don't, if they don't split? It's 4.50 and 1,200. So it's $150. So is it really worth doing that split for a $150 safety blanket? Sounds like a nice safety blanket to me. That I, I feel like if it was like maybe a, a 60-40 split of the pot, Maybe like that that would be worth it if you're not confident in winning. But if you're Dane, the fact that you're for some reason giving up hundred and fifty dollars, like wh- wh- why? What, what you don't that know that to? he may have just made an extra hundred and fifty dollars. We'll find out on Monday. That's crazy. That I I, I you know what? I'm changing my pick to Scott. Scott what? just Scott <laughs> just played Dane. Scott just played Dane so hard there. I disagree. I think this is a good move for both of them. That's so, if you're Dane, that's such a weak move and shows no confidence. It shows okay. no confidence in your team. But it shows confidence in Scott's team? Yes. 
It shows that you're scared that Scott could actually beat I don't know. I am a big fan, as you all know, of hedging in the fantasy finals. No one ever wants to do it with me. Uh, I still wish both you, Scott, and Dane luck, and I approve and agree with your decision. Oh man, what a bitter end! I was, I was all on the, I was so ready for Dane to win this. I was all on the Dane boat, and I'll still pick him. But that's like to know that as a that the person I'm rooting for as a coach doesn't even have confidence in their own team to win. So they want to make sure that in case they like, where's the confidence? You're, you're so cocky during the season. You have so much swagger in the way you hold yourself in our league to then go on and give Scott an extra $150 when you beat him. It just shows folding. I'm curious who proposed it to who. I don't know who proposed it to who, but they each texted me separately saying like, hey, we agreed to this. And so I don't know. Crazy. Okay. Well, maybe I'll get them to unagree to it if Dean listens to this. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, no. It's been a great season, though. You know, we had four of the our 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 top four teams were in the finals. It's which is a rare occurrence in the semifinals. That is going to get a new league champion. Uh, someone can finally take the trophy from Russell and probably put the engravings on it because there's no chance he's done any of that. Which is something I when I when I got it, I had to engrave like five names on it. No one had done it for forever. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to chip in. I told Russell I'd pay for his because he made some bet for me, so I it, it's fine. So whoever wins, I'll reach out to you to pay for some no, of those engravings. No one paid me to engrave it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I did. I did get my money back, so maybe that's why I don't feel as bitter about the, the league. It still had most points for. Still had most points for is probably one of the most fun teams I've had, and excited for next year. But we do not have to talk about that yet. We have one more matchup, and maybe we'll come back next week and do a little postseason recap. Talk about some of the rule changes we want to see, some of the highlights from the season. Explain why this is probably the lamest punishment that we're doing this year. And go from there. But anyway, Silo, any last words before we sign off? It's been a great year, everybody. Scoring was down all across the board, but it was still an electric season. Um, Not as dramatic as last year, but it's always a great time. And uh, I can't wait till next year. So good luck to Scott and Dane. And uh, yeah, good luck to you guys. Best of luck, guys. Happy New Year to everyone. If we don't speak before then, hopefully... You guys will get to enjoy the New Year's Day and New Year's Eve and not just be watching football. I will now get to enjoy New Year's Eve and New Year's Day instead of sitting in front of a TV, which is a, a great relief to me. And yeah, just another great year, guys. Great Another great year of the podcast. And we'll go from there next year as signing off and Happy New Year. Oh, thank you.